0: Inside the game brought to you by Radar Media. Welcome to Inside the Game, brought to you by Raider Media, the special Dakar Rally edition, six stages done, six to go, and we are at the rest day here in the beautiful city of Riyadh and we're going to change tack site slightly because I'm currently at the bivouac here in Riyadh, where all the mechanics, the crew, everyone, is working on the four Toyota Hilux vehicles of Toyota Gazoo Racing as they prepare themselves for the second and final week here at Dakar. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk around the Bivouac and uh, chat to some of the key players that are involved uh, with this massive event and uh, to underline exactly why it isn't a race day. And uh, I'm here with Voldu van der who joined me last night. But, Voldu, uh, you have uh, a lot more... Uh, duties this time round here at, the, at this Bivouac, uh, ordinarily it would just be a press engagement, but that's not quite the case this time round because uh, yeah, you you managed to put this whole thing together. It's like herding cats, I tell
1: you Derek. You, the, racing drivers are the world's worst. The, the, the only thing that they can do well is race a car, everything else is a bit of a mess. You know, You tell them to be at a certain place at a certain time, one is here, one's gone off somewhere else, and the other one's no one knows where. But eventually, hopefully, and at the moment we're looking at it all coming together, they are here, they're doing interviews, they're doing stuff with Red Bull TV, we've got a press call in 20 minutes. So, um, yeah, I'm not letting the cats out of my sight for the moment. Yeah, you speak
0: about the Red Bull TV interview. As we stand, we've got Janil Davilius, Nasser Aletia, Bernard Tenbrunka, and Fernando Alonso all seated in a semicircle, being interviewed by Red Bull TV, which will air pretty soon, I'm sure. And uh, we've got a whole bunch of people very interested in what they've got to say because it's not often where you get four drivers of this caliber gathered together uh, in one space to, to to give their thoughts about uh, the world's toughest race.
1: You know, that's the nice thing about Dakar still and, and cross-country racing in general is it's one of the most accessible types of motorsport where people can actually wander through the bivouac and see these heroes or these legends sitting down chatting with the TV cameras that's what makes this sport special you know it's more accessible than most certainly
0: you couldn't do this in a Formula One paddock uh, pretty cool for us is that um, we've got the press call at around 12 Then I think we done for the day we get to an opportunity to go and have a look around Riyadh I think uh, is that our plan for today that's very much a plan. Someone uh, spotted a
1: very big electronics store and anybody that knows me knows that uh, electronics uh, draw me a lot more than pornography. So I can't wait to get there um, <laughs> and see what, what Riyadh has to offer in terms of
0: electronics. Okay, we're edging closer to 12 o'clock. What your duties now until then? You've got to watch over these guys and uh, make sure that they get all their interviews done and dusted.
1: Yeah, I'll keep the cats in a row and then get them to do their press call interviews at 12 o'clock and then, like you say, we're wrapped for the day.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, Volta. I'll let you get back to it. Uh, I'll see you a little later as we go hunt those electronic stores. Um, I'm going to chat to my business partner, Raymond Habs. We haven't heard much from him because he's been burning uh, the candle at both ends uh, throughout uh, the last couple of days, putting the magnificent TV show together that you can catch on Supersport. I'm not blowing my own horn because I've got very little to do with it. I might uh, have a voice and a face in it, but uh, all the hard work's done by Raymond. How are you enjoying it?
2: Yeah, another good uh, Dakar. And yes, uh, as always, it's re- relentless. We we look again, and we are seven days into it. Um, no, we're more. We're ten days out of the seventeen, actually. And that's exactly how it goes. You you blink, blink, and you're halfway through. And you know, there's absolutely nothing we can complain about this year. We've had a great host in Saudi Arabia. Uh, the facilities have been good. The highways have been even better. And um, yeah, the racing has been pretty good. A little bit disappointed um, for our team as we are not used to these conditions, so let's hope um, the next half of this brings more excitement for us.
0: Yes, yeah, certainly so, and
2: just talk us through, uh,
0: not, not our day, more so yours, in terms of putting the show together. We've all got our specific roles when it comes to putting this, this beast uh, into, into action, and yeah, we, we drive throughout the day, then we get to the bivouac, usually, where we conduct the interviews with the
2: drivers, and then really our work only starts. Uh, this year, I've adopted a new technique. Um, use, uh, in South America, I was ever, always just too scared to take miles off the road because at any moment, we were dodging traffic, animals, people, and you couldn't really relax. So this year, I um, just made sure I get a couple of hours sleep. We get back to the hotel. We Well, first get to the BIV. We shoot um, everything we possibly can in case and whatever we can find around the bivouac whether the tra- race drivers and the co-drivers and some of the technicians, and then we head to the hotel or wherever we can find. Used to be sometimes at the back of Fortuna. We spend the next 10, sometimes 11, 12 hours editing the show. Um, That pushes us sometimes to three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. We've been really lucky. There's been great um, hotels, so internet's not an issue this time. We upload the show and get the confirmation from Supersports, and then we get in the car and start driving and that's when I rinse and repeat and start sleeping again so that's that's the the basic of my day. <laughs>
0: well you've done a superb job, I'll uh, let you carry on working I'll catch you later Ray uh, let's uh, walk around the bivouac let's uh, see who else we've got hanging around we've got Bernard Tenbrinca I'm going to interrupt you for two seconds sorry gents Bernard uh, you are without doubt one of the most popular faces uh, at the Dakar without a doubt one of the most popular faces for Toyota Gazoo sorry to interrupt but um, yeah, it's a, it's a rest day of sorts. Uh, you just finished your interview. How are you enjoying the first week of Dakar?
3: Yeah, the first uh, the first week of Dakar was uh, was very good. Uh, I think uh, uh, we start uh, very very fast, and uh, all the four Toyotas was uh, were performing very well. And uh, I think uh, we all did a great job. Uh, uh, especially, of course, uh, Nasa did very good. uh, Janil, uh a stage win, uh, Fernando, uh, he pushed himself a couple of times in, in the first five positions. And for us, uh, we were stable uh, from the first day we were P5 till the last day now before the rest day uh, P7. And yeah, we are P8 overall, um, not very big mistakes, uh, some small issues uh, because I had the flu. Uh, but uh, overall, I'm very happy uh, to be on the rest day. Uh, for me it's a rest day, but uh, for the mechanics they work very hard now, it's, it's unbelievable. Man, we've travelled a
0: couple of Dakars together, I think this is our third together, uh, it's your third uh, year with Toyota Gazoo Racing, the
3: first two was uh, over in South America, we really enjoyed that, but I mean this is a different world. This is a different world, uh, to be honest South, uh, South America was uh, very nice and uh, good atmosphere, but here in the Middle East uh, it's so- something different. But. Uh, to be honest, uh, I like it. Uh, uh, it is a good uh, atmosphere. Uh, uh, we miss a little bit of uh, uh, of the people on the track. Uh, that was in South America a little bit more than here. But uh, I think this is only the first year. I think next year should be uh, uh, more people around. But uh, look, uh, 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 the stages are very, very impressive. Uh, you see, uh, you, you, you have some feuds. It's, it's, amazing you you cannot believe it uh, what you see on rocks mountains uh, everything is f- very special
0: best of luck for the second week at dakar thank you brilliant stuff uh, bernard and Brunker. he's uh readying himself for the next week i'm gonna jump in here with anu from red bull because he plays a massive part of uh, the toyota gazoo racing stable we just saw the red bull tv interview now anu how are you enjoying being in saudi arabia firstly thanks for joining us um I mean, we, we, we traveled the length and breadth of South America together. This time round in Saudi, enjoying it?
4: Yes, enjoying so far. It's a little bit colder than what we used to, especially at night in the bivouac for all the mechanics and all the guys working here. Uh, otherwise, I mean, landscape is amazing. Uh, the footage we, we have seen is so far quite impressive and um, I would say I think the boys are also enjoying it driving and we'll see what the second week has to offer. Tell us about the Red Bull story, because it, it, it's tremendous. Uh, the fact
0: that you've managed to, to work your way into sports throughout the world, specifically when it comes to this extreme game. And we've got the Red Bull Desert Wings that are synonymous with the Dakar. Um, you've got a team of role players that are massive, the likes of Janil de Villiers, Nasser uh,
4: Is it hard to manage? That's not easy, um, but that's a pleasure to manage. Uh, and, I mean, those guys are very professional, very competitive and also to not to mention Stefan and, and Carlos, uh, they are the four of them offering a great battle at the front of the race. So so far so good. And uh, the logistics wise from
0: your side. I mean, you manage a massive team. Never mind the, the drivers and navigators, etc. But I mean, you've got a massive fleet on the ground that that, that, that make the show go happen.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, on the sportive side, uh, riders and uh, on the motorbike and driver and cars uh, and trucks. That's uh, twenty. Uh, plus the co-drivers, the mechanics And uh, on the ground we are a team of also 20 people uh, Including reporter, photographer Try to bring the, the story across so And get uh, the people to, to see and, and to listen What's going to happen here
0: Lovely, enjoy the second half of the race
4: Thank you we're going to catch up with uh, Janil
0: Davilius. Now saw Hannes Fischer close to him. If you ever want to find uh, Janil, you just look for Hannes. Uh, Hilly, we chatted here a little earlier, but my battery's died, so let's try it again.
5: <laughs> Tell
0: us uh, about the so-called rest day.
6: Well, yeah, I mean, a uh, well-deserved rest day for everybody. They um, everybody needs it. You know, it was quite a hard first week on the on the race, and you um, guys are all uh, you know basically rebuilding uh, the cars, servicing them, and. Um, you know they they've got the the biggest job today the the mechanics and the engineers um, you know and and uh, we get a bit of a rest um, you know it's been a little bit of a frustrating first week for us, um, you know except for our stage one on stage two, which was great um, we've been slightly off the pace, so um, you know hopefully we can correct that and and come back stronger in the second week, so uh, we'll try and do our best.
0: Tell us about that first week. Uh, I think a few people surprised um, at uh, how well the minis are doing out there, but uh, can Toyota zoo bounce back well in the second? Uh, we do have, what's it, the, the value of the unknown, or the, the unknown quarter? Yeah. quarter.
6: look, I mean, Dakar is never over until it's over, you know. Uh, I've been, uh, I've, I've done this race quite a, quite a few times, and uh, you know, it's you have to get to the finish. So um, a, a lot of things can still happen. So we'll push as hard as we can. Uh, certainly, the 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 mini buggy specifically has been very, very quick. Uh, in, in the Saudi desert, you know, it's quite open desert, so it, it does definitely suit the two-wheel drive, which is got more suspension and is a lot lighter than than the, the four-wheel drive. So. Uh, you know, we hope for a little bit more technical stages and more difficult dunes to see if we can uh, get a bit closer. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it is what it is, but they certainly had a very good first week, so hopefully we can we can bounce back in the second week.
0: How many Dakars have you done? Do you know? Uh,
6: this is number 17.
0: And how are you enjoying Saudi Arabia? You, you, you've done plenty in Africa, uh, 10 in South America, and now this.
6: Yeah, so far it's been really good. I think it's been. I think everybody's been surprised at the, you know, the beauty of the country, and uh, you know, everywhere we've been, there's been been some spectacular scenery. Uh, the people have been very friendly, and um, you know, we were very well received here. Yeah, and um, the race has been great so far. So, um, you know, all in all, uh, a really, really uh, great Dakar so far.
0: Oh, the press are all waiting in bated breath to uh, catch up with you, Kili. So I am going to let you get on to it, and then uh, enjoy your your rest afternoon. Thanks, Emilio. Okay, we've just had Fernando Alonso walk out now. Now you must see the plethora of people coming out. We have so so many people arriving to, to catch a glimpse of Fernando Alonso. And most of it's in Spanish. We've got his manager here, who's been enjoying life. What's it like managing Fernando?
7: Well, it's quite easy. But is it? Yeah. Why? He he used to do everything, so really nice to. To share this adventure with him and uh, let's see what we can do in the second week.
0: What amazes me is that Fernando, the camera really loves him and he can come out of the car after 600 kilometers of intense racing and as soon as that camera goes on he's got a massive smile on his face, adores the camera and he's great with the media.
7: Well, it means that he's enjoying the this Dakar and probably he knows uh, from these last 20 years how to manage these seconds just after removing the helmet and, uh, and have all these cameras around.
0: Are you enjoying the decor?
7: For sure. First adventure, but uh, hopefully not the last one. And uh, the scenarios and the, the atmosphere here in the Vivak and with uh, all the teammates is amazing. Lovely. Enjoy. We'll see you later.
0: Uh, as we wait with the, the media horde, uh, Ben Constantiduros, who's uh, been joining us uh, throughout the trip so far, uh, quite lucky being out uh, here by the bivouac uh, on, on the so-called rest day.
8: Uh, it's nice to spend some time just chilling in the bivouac and speaking to friends and no one having to rush off everywhere and go to different places. And You can see the media scrum around Fernando Alonso. So many media here, so many interested in his story and uh, amazing to see. Yeah,
0: it's tough to manage when it comes to Fernando Alonso and the media. We chatted to Mario D'Souza a little earlier, who is the official media manager for Fernando. But, I mean, he's got half an hour to chat to the press, so they all want to get their little bit uh, of the, the two time F1 World Champion. I mean, have even got a guy standing behind him, filming the back of his head.
8: Now, there's a lot of journalists who've now used their phones as recording devices problem is you've got a lot of journalists there also with cameras and the cameras and the photographers uh, are shooting the background of other journalists so um, in this kind of situation where you don't have a backdrop and this kind of thing you know the cameramen and the people who are trying to make tv get frustrated by that because they they don't want they want don't want somebody on their phone in the back of shot but fernando gives us a certain amount of time therefore we have to uh, have this group situation rather than uh, individual interviews otherwise he would be here all day
0: what are you made of Riyadh so far beautiful yeah
8: amazing place. A friend of mine who uh, who came here for Formula E said it's great on the surface but once you start walking around you realise it's not that great but certainly on the surface from our hotel it looks so spectacular. These amazing new buildings and everything does feel quite new. Did you know that we are standing inside the Formula E paddock? No I had no idea. Tell us more. Yeah so uh, the bivouac is actually in the pit complex of Formula E, but of course Formula E being a a temporary um, circuit, a temporary structure, a temporary championship moving from place to place, a bit like we do, uh, there is no sign at all of Formula E here apart from as you drive in you can see the grid hatchings for the start of the race and then you can kind of work out okay that must be where the pit lane is therefore that must be where the pit pit, uh, boxes were, this is therefore the paddock.
0: How do you see the second half of Dakar going, especially for Toyota Gazoo Racing?
8: Yeah, I just chatting to NASA a bit earlier, and I'm just hoping from a Toyota perspective that it is more sandy, he needs and we need four-wheel drive uh, to excel through the sandy dunes, not the camel grass, because the camel grass, the minis with their bigger suspension, with their bigger wheels, can ride over that so much easier than we can. We're limited to 250 millimeters of suspension and therefore um, we don't have the same ability to go flat out over those camel grass. Oh, just ask Bernard Tembrinke, there's some footage on YouTube of him being bouncing over the place. but. Uh, I think was more sand, more dunes. Certainly those two marathon stages, empty quarter. NASA particularly highlighting tomorrow being 570 kilometres of stage action. He said you can't keep that rhythm, can't do the rhythm that they've been doing the last couple of days because you will have an accident. So let's see. NASA starts in a good position tomorrow. He starts in third on the road behind both the minis. Therefore, he should be able to catch them. And by catching them, he should be able to take three minutes out of uh, of Sainz and six out of Paderhans.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a massive rivalry as stage uh, seven begins. And uh, I'm going to carry on walking around the bivouac. Uh, Thanks so much, Ben. Uh, We'll be catching up a little later. I'm going to join in here with Alex Harrow. Danny Chen, I'm interrupting you now um, as uh, the big boss goes off. Uh, Alex, jeez, I know I keep on saying it to everyone. uh, It's a rest day of sorts because you're not driving, but you're still pretty busy.
9: Yeah, today uh, I will be busy in one hour when I get the roadbook again I'm uh, prepared the next uh, day. And how have you
0: enjoyed being involved with the Toyota Gazoo Racing outfit? It's your first year with them at the Dakar.
9: You've got a former winner, Ingeniel de Villiers, sitting next to you. What's it been like? Ah, it's uh, like a dream. <laughs> it's a uh, to be in a factory team with these uh, teammates, uh, with Genille, uh Winner Dakar also, uh, for me, it's uh, like a dream. I, uh, I arrived at the top, and now I would like to, to to be there for a long time. And tell us a bit about your
0: background, for those that don't know the Alex Harrow story. I mean, how did you get to being where you
9: are today? I started with a friend, uh, helping him uh, like a mechanic. Then he started in a rally. Uh, also, I, I was like a mechanic and then uh, I jumped in the co-drive seat because he, he has a lot of confidence with me and uh, there I start my story. Uh, I start in rallies. I do until 2014 rallies. I won uh, the Super 2000 Championship is the second category of the WRC and then I have to, the opportunity to come to Dakar and it's a really adventure. It's a really big race. For me, it's the most important race and uh, I'm really happy to be here.
0: No question that the relationship between a driver and a navigator must be strong, especially when it comes to the Dakar. Two weeks of intense driving uh, as you take on the dunes, the terrain, the works. What's the relationship been
9: like with, with you and Janil? Any
0: testy moments uh, during the course of the first week or has it gone swimmingly?
9: Uh, for the moment uh, we, we are really nice uh, and okay. We don't have any big moments so I'm really happy because he's putting me really easy. I think that I also am easy. And uh, we we have a really good relation inside of the car and outside. Uh, and I hope that we'll be like that for a long time.
0: As I'm speaking to you, we've got a massive media scrum surrounding a compatriot of yours in Fernando Alonso. What's it like having him on board uh, in the Toyota Zoo Racing Stable?
9: Okay, for me it's a uh, really pleasure and, uh, like I tell you, a dream not to have uh, Fernando here. It's... Uh, the big history name uh, from Spain and to be with uh, him together it's uh, uh, like a dream and also we have the opportunity to have a lot of media here with us and show to the world what is the Dakar and uh, what is the level of the Dakar and also say congratulations to him because he's doing a really good race Excellent, Alex it's a pleasure chatting to you Enjoy your so-called day off (laughs) Thank you Alex Harrow, uh, a brilliant
0: man when it comes to navigating. Glenn Hall, who was absolutely brilliant uh, a couple of days ago on this podcast. And I tell you what, the listenership went through the roof. Uh,
5: Thank you very much uh, for for boosting our listeners uh, by the thousands. (laughs) My pleasure. And I I don't know why, but I'm just telling it how it is. That's all. uh, What do you want to know today? Uh, Let's talk about the rest day. uh, Because I know we've chatted about it on camera, but it's not really a rest day. No, not at all. The drivers get the rest. Probably Out of the day, let's say 30% of them is work, 70% is rest, and just switching off and recharging. For us, uh, the crews, it's a big day. For me, it's really stressful. You know, this morning we had uh, many little issues, nothing that's going to stop the car, but just uh, things that we have to resolve and uh, Find out about you know, and uh, that caused a lot of stress. Even the fact that uh, you know, Atty comes to me and says, "Oh, we've only got 40 tyres left." What you know? <laughs> and you got you know, there was suddenly another 40 uh, appear, and we've got 80. So, uh, and after all the punctures, suddenly you get scared, and you have to just go and uh, adapt it.
0: You must be happy that one week's done and dusted, uh, not quite at the front of the race, of course that's a position you'd like to be in, uh, but Nassau Aletia are certainly challenging up front uh, alongside Mathieu, but you must be very chuffed the fact that all four Hilux made it back to the bivouac safe and sound pretty early yesterday at the end of stage six, and there hasn't really been
5: that much work needed to be done on them. Well, obviously we've got the routine maintenance work that we, uh, we do and we got planned in to make sure we stay uh, reliable, but yeah, the, the, the cars have run absolutely perfectly all week we've had no issues that have actually slowed the drivers down and that's our job, that's the target for the, for the race, I just heard some really disappointing news yesterday uh, earlier this morning, sorry tomorrow's stage is very much the same as yesterday's stage, flat out that's just what I don't want to hear you know, we're uh, suffering with a top speed with a restrictor it sounds like a broken record for me but it's incredibly um, disappointing in a way. We've got a great car, all these drivers, and they're all saying we just uh, don't have enough power under the regulations to keep up with uh, many buggies. So that hurts. Yeah, that's uh, the
0: start of the second week of Dakar Stage 7. Uh, how do you see the rest of the week playing out? We've got the, the unknown quarter coming up.
5: Yeah, the, uh, the empty quarter, as it's called, or unknown. No, empty. You got it right. I was wrong. Oh, thank you. Derek. That's really good. So this we're waiting for. But tomorrow's stage is longest, 550 k's with a lot of flat out stuff. The stage the next day has got a 40 km straight uh, to get to another area. So we just want something technical that the drivers can get their teeth into and we can you know, use the car to its maximum. So right now, I'm, I'm upbeat about the race. We're, we're here with all four cars, but I want to be fighting one-on-one with the lead and uh, not have to worry about the drivers saying, you know, we're, we're short on power for the top speed and all we need is one mil on the restrictor. Would have been four minutes yesterday. Give you an idea. That would take the pressure right off and we'd be in the race, but we can't whinge about that now, we've got to get on and do the absolute best job, we're taking a little bit of a development risk we're changing the aero on Bernard's car tomorrow, we're taking that we've got so much cooling in reserve for the cars, it's quite cool here in Saudi with uh, 20-25 degrees, so we've got a lot of reserve we're going to do a test (gasps) fingers crossed for tomorrow and see if we can steal some top speed at the expense of cooling Uh, so Bernard's, you know up for the job?
0: Uh, just uh, I'm about to go and catch the end of this press conference, but geez, how well has this man uh, been racing, Fernando?
5: Derek Fernando's been incredible, honestly. I don't know if I said it on the podcast the other day. I was at the end of the stage uh, uh, three, and you know when he got that fourth, fifth position, fifth position, you, it was like him winning Monaco. Honestly, he uh, he gave me a, a thumbs up in the car afterwards, a really good hug. You could feel the emotion. He's been great in for the last two months. I thought that he was able to do a top five. The, every every single test, he has just excelled. And look at that yesterday. I mean, I've just watched, looked at some data late last night. The guy's so brave. I, I mean, he is really not scared of anything. And uh, Mark did a great job. So yeah, he, he's just consuming everybody and uh, really showing his skill. Glenn, well done. First week done and dusted. Good luck for the second. Thanks, Derek.
0: Thanks very much, Glenn. Hall. Well, let's uh, check our microphone in here and let's see what Fernando has to say.
10: All the time, you know, he knows where the pace is a little bit too much or too over the limit, so he tells me to slow down a little bit. Sometimes it's the opposite. This place maybe uh, accepts a little bit uh, more pace or uh, put the throttle on. And, uh, you know, I try to follow always uh, uh, his rhythm and uh, his advice. Excellent. And do you think you've enjoyed it enough that we're going to see you back here for a few years? Let's see. I think, uh, obviously, this is the first approach. My first uh, intention or goal this Dakar was uh, uh, to see how competitive and how can myself adapt to rally uh, after uh, being adapted to oval racing and to endurance racing and and different disciplines. And um, honestly, that... uh, uh, ticking the box probably is is done you know yesterday for example being uh, after 470 kilometers four minutes away from Nasser it it was something uh, unthinkable for me uh, seven months ago because I never touched a rally car so uh, I'm I'm very happy with the performance very happy with the pace Uh, so now yeah the temptation is maybe to come back one day in Dakar for uh, uh, more uh, chances to win one day Good luck. Okay. Going into
11: the second week, um, what do you expect from the big desert, and what's a uh, big target? Well, I
10: expect tough, tough races, tough uh, stages. Now, I think uh, the open desert is going to be challenging for the dunes. Some of the dunes in the, in, in I think in day uh, ten and stage eleven will be quite difficult to, to go through. So, you know, I think many things and, and a lot of drama still to come. You know, in the race, not only for myself but also for the for the race uh, and for the favorites. So. You know, uh, in my case, uh, obviously, I've been top top five one day, top six another one. So if I can uh, go a little bit better than that and uh, hopefully reach top four or top three in one of the stages, that will be a, a dream come true.
11: And previously, you said you're thinking about coming back to Formula One. What must change in 2021 and how big is the change right
10: now? Well, I think in 2020, I didn't miss much F1 because I was uh, concentrating in the World Endurance Championship, in Daytona, in Le Mans, in the Dakar preparation. So uh, that was a very intense 2019 for me. 2020 is going to be a little bit more relaxed, only concentrating on the Indy 500 in May. So after that, you know, I have to think what I do in 2021. And uh, Formula One will be in the table f- because, you know, that's my, my love for Formula One. It will be always there.
12: Um, what will the Triple Crown mean to you?
10: Well, I think that will be part of the history of the motorsport, so it will mean a lot. Uh, what, what went through
5: your mind um, uh, during the second
12: stage, when you had your mechanical problem like, Were you thinking, what am I doing here? Or,
10: or no, I mean, first thoughts were uh, uh, hoping that the rally was not over. You know, I didn't want to uh, to have a retirement.
0: Okay, that was Fernando we're just joining Nasser Latiana, who has been sensational
12: again looking to defend his crown Nasser it's, it's a rest day but not really no it's a rest day and uh, we are here you know to to share everything you know with the teams and for next week this will be tough and uh, now we are in uh, second uh, position overall yes uh, we need to really uh Doing a good job uh, for second week, and uh, yeah, uh, at least uh, we have uh, uh, one day rest. Yes, to uh, to enjoy and to visit uh, some friend.
0: I, I just chatted to Glenn now and he said he's very disappointed because he just heard that stage seven is going to be very much like stage six. Um, what does that make you feel like uh,
12: the start of the second week of Dakar? I don't care, you know. Uh, it's uh, yesterday uh, with uh, with Panchar and we lose only one minute forty from Carlos. You know, it's mean uh, we lose like uh, in four hundred uh, kilometer uh, something. You know, we lose uh, twenty second from him. But okay, uh, tomorrow it's another day, another. Uh, uh, weekend you know for uh, from Dakar and uh, we'll see Are
0: you enjoying Saudi Arabia
12: yes it's really nice interesting uh, country and uh, also nice uh, Dakar here
0: enjoy your day off
4: thank you Can we,
13: uh...
0: thank you very much to Nasser Alati I'm gonna move over to his co-driver Matthew Bommel he's chatting to Alex right now but I'm gonna jump in and interrupt sorry Alex yes Go- Chatting to you Nana Apologies, I'll let you have him back in a few seconds. Mathieu, without a doubt, one of the most popular faces back home in South Africa. Um, Oh, who wants to jump in here? I want to jump in. Okay, do you want to do what? Uh, Okay, Mathieu, how are you enjoying it over here? Um, It's been a sensational first week.
14: Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is the the most beautiful Dakar from long time. Uh, beautiful scenery and landscape, uh, nice roadbook, nice piece, a good fight with the, the top cars, and uh, we enjoy a lot with Nasser. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. I mean, what is it like coming into this event as the defending champion? Uh, you've won it twice before, and yeah, I mean, last year you did it, and you, you cruised to victory, you and Nasser, the first win for Toyota Gazoo Racing. Did it feel like you had an arrow
14: on your back when you arrived in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, sure. You discover a new country, a new piste, a new regulation. Uh, everything is new. A lot of things are new, and uh, we knew before the start that it will be difficult. But uh, we were expecting more uh, dunes and uh, tricky uh, crossing sandy pieces and dunes and. And at least now, first week was really beautiful, but not enough uh, difficult uh, in terms of uh, crossing dunes. And uh, we are a little bit on the back now, still good, we are uh, second at 7 minutes 44. But it looks like uh, that this year will be a little bit more difficult for us.
0: One of the main talking points ahead of this year's Dakar was the road book, and the fact that not every day you'd be getting it the night before each stage, Uh, it changed a bit somewhat. What has that been like? And just talk us through the
14: process. So first, it's a really good thing because uh, when you always do the same thing every year at the same place, it makes the thing a little bit boring. And uh, and now with the new rules, everything changed. So the biggest difference is that we cannot uh, prepare the the map at at the night before. So it means you don't know where you will go and uh, what you will cross the next day, and it makes our job uh, much more difficult during the the stage because you need to um, to to think more fast to interpret the roadbook road book and to give the information to your diver, and uh, but during the stage, so I mean uh, the diver, uh, you know, Nasser is pushing all the time, and and you need to. Uh, to really think two, two times more fast than uh, always to keep, uh, to keep the good pist, so it's make the thing a little bit more stress, but more interesting.
0: Uh, interesting though, I chatted to Tom Colsool about this, and he loved the fact that you guys weren't getting the roadbook the night before, because he said the drivers get home, all after the stage and they get to put their feet up where the navigators had to study the roadbook it's not the case now because you don't have a roadbook to study and he loves it now he, he can just go straight to sleep but do you feel the same way
14: yeah exactly the same it's a uh, really good uh, good thing that David Castera made this year uh, all the team did a very good job of, about the quality of the roadbook and it it's, uh, gives us more uh, confidence of, of um, what you give to your driver. I mean, all the danger place, all the changing caps, all the, the information you can have on the roadbook. And it makes our life more easy. So for sure, I vote for the roadbook in the morning. We, uh, we got it four times in the first week. We'll have it only two times in the second week. But uh, in the future, we will get every morning. And it's much better.
0: How do you see the second week of Dakar playing out here in Saudi Arabia?
14: Should be more dunes, so I like that and Nasser like that also. We know that uh, we can make the the difference when it's a little bit difficult on crossing dunes compared to the Buggy. So we hope to have uh, more more dunes but uh, I don't know really if it will be every day. But it looks like uh, three days will be like that and we we need to push these three days to, to keep our advantage.
0: Mathieu, always a pleasure chatting to you. Enjoy the afternoon, and uh, we'll see you back in the saddle tomorrow.
14: Thank you very much. Thank you for the support.
0: And I'm going to pass you over now to, to Ben and Ray, who's going to do the TV interview now. Cheers. <laughs> who else uh, do we have? Let's uh, maybe get a final word here from Danny Chen. Uh, Danny, uh, he joined us last night. He's chatting to Voldy, who was also joining us last night. Uh, geez, quite an interesting uh, a day watching the media in action and uh, the mechanics uh, getting on the cars.
2: Yeah, well, the, um, the, the media thing, not my first time, not my first rodeo. I have to say, I was standing here waiting for, waiting for the drivers to arrive. And seriously, there was no one around me. It was completely bare. And then five seconds after Fernando showed up, they popped out of the ground. They fell from the sky. I have no clue, but there were like 30 people next to me. No idea. But watching the mechanics work has been fun. Um, it's, it's amazing. I mean, they're just continuously, continuously working. They haven't stopped since I've been here. And I noticed out of way earlier this morning, amazing stuff. These guys really are
0: quite something. Well, I think on that, that note, I'm going to go and look for a mechanic and get the final words before we wrap up the day. Thank you so much, Danny. I know your job is extremely busy as well. Let's have a look and see where we can find our man, Willem, who's the chief mechanic here. He is right here. He's surrounded by a plethora of men, uh, but I'm going to ask him to break away. What's he riding over there? Mackie, Uh, tell us about uh, today's race day and uh, how busy have you guys been?
11: Well, we've been busy since 7 o'clock this morning flat out, Um, busy putting all the parts back. We stripped last night, we inspected all the parts and we've changed now to some new parts because of the mileage, no uh, mechanical issues, but uh, it's just a mileage related so that you still uh, have the parts as a backup and uh, the new parts are going on the car. But the other problem is with the new parts, you've got to make sure that they're 100% right as well. Because you we know, I mean, have been running the whole, whole Dakar up to now with the parts, which is perfect. Now you're putting new parts on, and you have to hope for the best on that. Tell us how the system works here in the
0: Bivouac for Toyota Gazoo Racing. You've got four Hiluxes that come in, and you've got four teams,
11: or, or four head mechanics, that, that head up each car. Yeah, we've got uh, four teams for, uh, for the cars, with four mechanics per car, plus an engineer per car. So... Uh, we, The engineers sit down with the mechanics, we decide, we talk to the drivers and we decide what we've got to do with the cars and plan ahead. I mean, we, you have to um, work meticulously, you know, you can't just change stuff left, right and centre and uh, you've got to make sure all the guys know exactly what they're doing. And
0: is there an internal competition between you guys uh, to get uh, which car uh,
11: past the finish line first? Yes, there's always a competition in the team and that's what makes the team so great. If there's no competition, what's the use of being here, you know, it's all the rivalry between the mechanics. What was the toughest part of, uh, of week one with regards to the cars? Regards to the cars, nothing. I mean, uh, NASA brought the car back with no problems whatsoever every day. We had a few gearbox issues, uh, just checking whatever, you know, notchiness in the gearbox. But it's all been perfect, you know. It's, I think it's all the drivers are so on their nerves and pushing hard that they want to make sure everything is right.
0: So you are in charge of NASA's car. What's it like uh, having such a responsibility over the defending champion's car at the Dakar?
11: Look, it's a, a big responsibility and a phenomenal privilege to work on his car. You know, he's classified one of the best drivers in the world in rally rate. So to work on his car and him having the confidence in his mechanic and the crew is brilliant, you know, and you're fighting up against the best of the best. And what's it like working with him? Does he give you a lot of feedback once he gets back to the bivouac? Yeah, he's straightforward. He tells you straight what he wants and, uh, and he will tell you the car's great or the driver's uh, a little bit slow or tired or whatever. But uh, yeah, he gives great feedback and uh, he wants to make sure he will do his job right as long as I do my job right. So it's a quite, the team is very close.
0: Mackie, I'll let you get back to business. Uh, quickly, I, I meant to ask, two days ago, or oh, well, no, it snowed yesterday in Neom, a venue we were at two days ago. What if it snowed while we were there? Were you guys prepared for the snow? I mean, in the past we've always been in sand, desert, extreme heat. This is a different ball game in Saudi.
11: I think that's the biggest challenge in the team at this moment. We are not. Uh, um, uh, we haven't got enough uh, thermal wear and clothing to challenge for the cold. I mean, we've used to be. 43 to 47 degrees in the desert now you come here and it's four degrees and the guys you know, we're not prepared for that you know that's not dakar dakar is always about heat and that's it you hardly drink water i think the organizers here is saving a lot on water this year
0: <laughs> best of luck for the second week of dakar
11: cool thanks a lot eric
0: thank you very much uh, Mackie, chief mechanic for Toyota gazoo racing heads up Nasser al-atiyah's car What a responsibility he has on his shoulders. I think let's wrap things up with uh, a little chat with Hanbal as he tries to walk past me. Hannes has been extremely busy today because we've been driving around in our Toyota Fortuna, uh, the length and breadth of Saudi Arabia. Uh, And, yeah, needless to say, we have dirtied it quite a bit, uh, especially the inside. It's been... The front driver and passenger seats that are, are the worst. Uh, the area that where Ray and I sit, it's uh, clean as a whistle. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you, you just spent the, 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 the large part of this morning cleaning it
13: and did a bloody good job. Well, they say a clean car drives nicer than a dirty car, and we've still got a hell of a long way to go. I know we're halfway, but I think distance-wise we've got about 60% of the distance still to cover. So we're not actually halfway yet. And, uh, yeah, it's just nice to start the long haul with a, a clean niche car. It's not clean by any means, but it's okay. Thank you
0: very much uh, for that. And we were chatting last night, Valdo and I, about just how big Saudi Arabia is, a lot bigger than South Africa. And you've driven on every continent, probably, uh, in many, many countries. It's been a dream driving here.
13: It's lovely once you leave the cities. The cities are a bit confusing, to be honest. I mean, they're massive cities with, uh, with the weirdest traffic system, where you have to go in the wrong direction for five kilometers before you're allowed to make a U-turn to come back. So uh, that's a bit stressful. But once we leave the cities and we're out on the open road, it's absolutely stunning. We can do 130 kilometers an hour, uh, open roads. Okay, there are some guys that drive like uh, kamikaze pilots, but uh, nothing to worry about too much. And uh, yeah, it's quite easy to cover six, seven hundred kilometres a day. Uh, much uh, easier than it was in South America, that's for sure.
0: Uh, yeah, we're gonna enjoy the afternoon now. We've pretty much wrapping up, yeah, Anbar.
13: Well, I've got an ice-cold, alcohol-free beer waiting. I can't wait. Not, <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we do have the afternoon fairly at, at leisure, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Excellent, So Thank you very much, Hannes Fisser. I'll be joining you in the car shortly as we say our goodbyes at uh, the bivouac. Uh, for this, the rest day episodes of uh, the podcast before we head into Stage 7 of the 2020 Dakar Rally, Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll catch you after Stage 7. Cheers. Thanks for listening
8: to Inside the Game. Brought to you by Raider Media.